right, welcome into Car Radio. You're on 910 AM, the Superstation. I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News, and great to have you on the program for the next two hours for the best car radio program in all of Michigan. Uh, from noon to two today, we've got a great lineup for you. We'll be talking uh, with a variety of characters. We've got Jim Morrison, CEO of Jeep, and Tom Zielinski, who runs uh, Detroit 4 Fest. They're going to be talking uh, with us here at the top of the hour about uh, my recent trip to Moab. I finally got to Moab, the off-road mecca of the United States, and uh, it was fabulous, and uh, both those gentlemen know a thing or two about Moab as well. We'll also be talking to Lauren Fix and Lindsey Brook about the North American Car of the Year nominees. We've got finalists now in three categories some really impressive vehicles up this year for Car of the Year. That will be uh, was just announced at the Los Angeles Auto Show, and I was at the Los Angeles Auto Show. So we'll also be talking a little later in the program with Tim Kaniskis and Henrik Fisker, uh, who I sat down with at the show. They had a lot of news coming out of L.A. We'll also be talking to Ryan Eversley, a, uh, a great uh, race car driver who also has a little program called Dinner with Racers. Uh, that we want to talk to him about. So lots to get to here in the next two hours. Uh, as always, you can give us a call here at 313-778-7600 if you want to join the conversation, and uh, you can also find us on iHeartRadio. Uh, we're joined here at the top of the hour by Jim Morrison, CEO of Jeep, and Tom Zielinski, who is the CEO of Detroit 4Fest. Gentlemen, how are you? Hey, not doing, uh, not doing too bad. You know, sitting in uh, here in New York, and you know, not as uh, as cool as uh, we were when we last met out in Moab. But I have to tell you, I uh, I really like New York, and New York loves Jeep too. So, you know, just waiting for a little bit of snow, and it uh, it fits right in with uh, you know one of one of Jeep's second favorite uh, markets here in uh, New York. <laughs> Good to be in New York. And Tom, you're on the road somewhere. I think uh, you're down in Texas uh, working on the. The uh, uh, Texas Four Fest event down there. Yeah, I am uh, driving to Texas in my Gladiator, uh, towing my trailer, and I got to tell you guys, just to brag on that for just a minute, what an amazing vehicle to tow all the stuff that I'm towing. And I can't tell you how many people at gas stations have made a comment about, "Geez, didn't know that Gladiator could tow like that." And uh, so it does. So I'll stop bragging about Jeep just because Jim's on the phone, but uh, really quite remarkable. So, yep, on my way to Texas for Texas Floor Fest and the Red Bull Override event, and uh, really, really excited to bring these two iconic brands together and bring two of my favorite things in the whole world, off-roading in four wheels and off-road motorcycles together at one big event. And so many thanks to Jim for, for believing in the vision. Well, there's a lot to... Because a fun a fun story behind the story for Gladiator is we designed the box so that it would fit motorbikes because we knew that customer would want to put their bikes in the back. So it's great that you're uh, putting it to fine use. And I got to say, you know, although it's, it's hard for uh, Express Across Radio, but uh, Tom's got one of the coolest lifted uh, modified uh, Gladiators out there too. So it gets uh, attention wherever it goes on the trail or uh, or hauling your uh, rig down the road. So good stuff, Tom. <laughs> well, I mean, they love their pickup trucks down there in Texas, so uh, that's pretty meaningful, Tom, that you're getting uh, good comments about the Gladiator 
uh, down there. Uh, following, too, on the Detroit Four Fest up here, we just had a blast up here at Detroit Four Fest. Uh, uh, both you guys were there. Tom was running it. Uh, tre- tremendous event. But I, I want to... Um, I want to preface this uh, segment by uh, by letting listeners know, uh, and, mo- and most po- people who tune into this program know this. I'm a lifelong uh, track guy, on track guy, uh, asphalt racer, going back race uh, go karts as a kid. I race uh, SCCA uh, sports racers these days, and these two guys, Jim Morrison and Tom Zielinski, have gotten me into off roading in recent years. And uh, off-roading is off-roading is a, is a blast uh, uh, wherever you go. But uh, they've always told me about this off-road mecca, this very special place in Utah called Moab, which I finally visited uh, last week. And uh, and uh, Jim was out there. We were testing the all-new Jeep Grand Cherokee out there. Um, but Tom, I, I, I also uh, went beyond the Jeep Grand Cherokee and got into a 4 by 4 and went out into Hell's Revenge. And I'll tell you, that the, the, the place is unbelievable. I mean, as much as you guys bragged about Moab, it's, uh, it, it's, it's just a place that has to be seen to be believed. I, uh, I love it, Henry, and so glad you got out there. I, I must admit, though, um, as I was getting some pictures and different things, I, I was pretty envious of you two, and uh, and so I was. I, I I have to confess, I was feeling pretty envious because uh, it is for sure one of my favorite places. And Jim and I have had uh, some great times uh, out in Moab, and and I think is it last year, maybe the year before, we actually met accidentally on a trail, uh, which is just the strangest uh, thing. Um, and and you know, here I am coming down the trail, or he's coming down the trail, and I'm going up. And I'm like, wait, that's Jim. So Jim isn't the leader of Jeep as a corporate executive, certainly great corporate executive, but he lives it by the seat of his britches in these off-road meccas, and uh, and Moab is among the finest. And uh, so you guys went out and put the Grand Cherokee to the test, not something that uh, that everybody would do. It's awesome. Yeah, you know what I think uh... – it's good because you know Henry over the years has really modified his right foot to know exactly what the uh, what the Jeep is doing and and I I had the experience you know through the twisties with him you know driving switchbacks and and uh, you know eighty hundred miles an hour in a Grand Cherokee it drives like a sports car and of course Henry knows that like the back of his hand and then we were able to take it up this uh, this crazy uh, Moab rim that uh, people wouldn't think you know just anything but Wranglers can go. And uh, the new four-wheel drive system is amazing on the Grand Cherokee. The, the quadrilateral air suspension takes it up to over 11 inches of ground clearance. It's got a disconnecting sway bar. It's got, uh, you know, quadrilateral drive, too. It, it transfers the power around to whichever uh, of the uh, four wheels have the most grip. In fact, it can put 100% of the torque to one wheel if it wants to. And uh, this, this thing was crawling like a, uh, like a mountain goat. Uh, up these hills that people didn't expect to see a, a Grand Cherokee on. So, you know, a good way for us to illustrate with the journalists just, uh, you know, the pure scope that Grand Cherokee has. I mean, everybody expects a Jeep Wrangler to do those things, and, and they know Grand Cherokees are the best four-wheel drive, full-size SUVs, but we push it to the extreme with this uh, this all-new 22. So uh, over to you, Henry, and how you think that uh, it performed off-road. I, uh, I, I don't want to... Uh, 
lead the witness too much, but it was uh, it was pretty special where we took this thing. <laughs> well, it is it is special, Jim. And it's you know, and, and the interesting thing when I was out there at Hell's Revenge, and Hell, Hell's Revenge is this weird uh, landscape of slippery, slippery rock for as far as you can see. With all kinds of strange, spidery off-road vehicles and motorbikes crawling all over the place, and jeeps everywhere. I mean, this is uh, Jeep's second home out there. It is dominated by jeeps, and I'm talking to a four-by-four guy who's out there taking on this, taking us on this tour, and he said, "Yeah, we've." We've seen the Jeep folks out here five or six times this year. They're they're out here in, in uh, Grand Cherokees and Cherokees and Wranglers, and they're testing them out here on Hell's Revenge all the time. And you look at this landscape, and it's like, holy cow! I mean, uh, how does a how does a production vehicle get around here? But that is how good the Grand Cherokee is. Uh, to your point, you can you can uh, disconnect the sway bar on the front of the thing, which we did. Uh, you can go up to 11 inches off the ground on the air suspension, with, 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 uh, which we did. I mean, you can actually take a, a Grand Cherokee around on some pretty insane landscapes because you guys test it out there. And it's really nice to, uh, I mean, the, uh, the engineers certainly like it out there, and, and the, the uh, camaraderie and the, the, the overall community of Jeep is just so amazing, and I think you know, when you see the red rocks and the arches and some of the pictures that you have, I think I, the picture you had with you could show through the uh, the dual pane roof and all the glass in the background, that was a great picture that, uh, um, that you've got out there. But I, I think that's just a great illustration of, you know, the natural Jeep environment. And, uh, you know, it's just so good to be out there. And, you know, our customers all benefit because, you know, we push the Jeeps to the extreme. We engineer them to do things that it's, you know, makes light work of, uh, you know, extreme off-road trails. And then when a customer is, you know, just dealing with, you know, a foot of snow or a couple feet of snow, it's easy. They just put their, you know, their Jeep in snow mode. It turns all the lights on, turns it off in second gear, puts the chassis electronics in hyperdrive, you know, balances the torque distribution 50-50. And the customer doesn't care about anything what I just said. All they know is that it just goes forward in the snow and they don't get stuck and they don't have to shovel the driveways, which is great, you know. Um, they just depend on us to do that, and, and we like to do it because it's, you know, it's uh, uh, it's great to push the limits on four-wheel drive technology, and, and no one's ever put a, you know, a disconnecting sway bar in a full-size SUV, and, you know, we did it because it's cheap, and we did it because it makes it even better uh, off-road, and it makes it even better, you know, uh, to prove that we're the best four-wheel drive um, 4x4 out there and, and, uh, and really like doing it all at the same time. Well, and, and uh, yeah, it, it makes, uh, you know, you go out and take this thing out in Moab, and it makes my driveway here in Detroit seem like a cinch. But, but Tom, the uh, the other thing that was cool about being in Hell's Revenge is you go up to Hollyoaks, ORV Park here in Oakland County, which you helped design, and you guys, and you, you've got an area up there at Hollyoaks uh, where you've brought together a lot of the famous obstacles that you can find out there in Moab. Uh, one of them is Hot Tub, which I did not get a chance. We were close to Hot Tub on Hell's Revenge, but I didn't. I didn't get to it. What's What's your favorite obstacle out there in Moab? Oh, geez. Um, well, I got to tell you, and I, I'm astonished when I saw a couple of the photos from Moab Rim and the Grand Cherokee up there. I thought, well, 
wait, how did they do that? The last time Jim and I were together in Moab, I was on a motorcycle, and he was in a really, really well-built uh, gladiator, and we were going up Moab Rim. To think about the Grand Cherokee going up Moab Rim is pretty shocking to me. And, and I think in the scheme of things, nothing against Mickey's Hot Tub and nothing against Hell's Revenge and, and all those places, but in terms of a trail or system of trails that offers every sort of challenge, Moab Rim really kind of exemplifies that. And you're met with a beautiful view in various locations, which you are frequently in Moab. But I think that that V-turn and some of the places on Moab Rim are such a challenge that that might be my favorite. And, and you guys taking Grand Cherokee up there is, well, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure about all that. that uh, I'm, I'm shocked that uh, that it was capable. But, yeah, Jim thought I was kind of nutty riding a motorcycle up at the last time we were out there, and then he's taking Grand Cherokee, so I don't know. Yeah, imagine my, because uh, I'm thinking, I think, uh, I'm just so happy I'm not on those uh, on those bikes, and, and he's climbing up, and I'm climbing down this. It was, I think, like um, 100 feet of steps, um, you know, five feet apart. So it was not for the faint of heart. And I'm doing it on a uh, with a gladiator that, uh, that had 37s, or maybe with the Wrangler I was in at that time. But, I mean, lifted, you know, great, great wheels and tires. And then I see this guy come up on a bike, and I'm thinking, oh, man, if that guy wakes up, it's going to so hurt. <laughs> and it's tough. And uh, he made it up nice, and, and uh, you know, it looks like, uh, like working on a bike, but I could never do that on a bike. But uh, it's amazing where you find each other um, at our home, away from home. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's a great place to be. I, I recommend everybody who's listening to the show go out to Moab, discover this place. If you haven't been out there, uh, and and you're and you're sure to when you get out there, you're sure to jump into a jeep because the jeep's the best way to get around. Tom and Jim, thanks for joining us, and uh, hope to hope to see you guys back out in Moab sometime. Can't wait. Sure. Looking forward. Okay, now now that you're addicted, you'll find you can. Sometimes go five, six months without, you know, booking a ticket. But uh, let me know when you're starting to have withdrawals, and uh, we'll meet you out there. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, we're going to take a break here, hear from our sponsors. And on the other side of the break, we'll be talking more cars with Lindsey Brook and Lauren Fix. You're on 910 AM Car Radio. The day you lose your strength is the day you lose your independence. Muscle is lost with age, affecting your energy, balance, and mobility. Before you know it, you're depending on others just to get through the day. But you can reverse and prevent muscle loss. Introducing MyoHealth, a revolutionary proven approach to increased muscle strength and function in as little as 30 days. Live life on your terms with more energy and confidence. After a serious health issue put me down, MyoHealth's getting me back up again. And doing activities that I haven't done for a long time, it really works. MyoHealth is a safe, natural dietary supplement. The result of decades of research and 24 human clinical studies. You can live stronger at any age with greater strength, mobility, balance, and energy. Call or go online now and take the MyoHealth 30-Day Strength Challenge. 
So you've decided to go to college. That's cool. So pop quiz, which is a better way to earn your degree? Commute to college and fill your gas tank, get stuck in traffic, drive in bad weather, try to find a parking space, walk a half mile to class, or learn online at Independence University. In the park on a bench, on the beach on a towel, or on your couch with your kid, your campus is wherever you want it to be. You don't go to college. College goes to you. That's Independence. That's Independence University. You schedule classes around your schedule and all your supplies, including a brand new laptop and tablet are included with tuition. At Independence U, you'll learn from professional instructors with real work experience. You'll get personal support in school and employment assistance when you graduate. Get your degree, but keep your life. That's Independence. That's Independence University. So if you're really smart, you call now. Call 1-800-556-7791. Independence U for an independent U. Call 1-800-556-7791. Are you getting the most out of your Medicare plan? Are you sure? Many people with Medicare are eligible for plans that include extra benefits in addition to those found in original Medicare. Benefits like dental, vision, and prescription drug coverage. Call now to see if you're eligible to enroll. The consultation is free with no obligation to enroll. In addition to hospital and medical coverage, at no extra cost, you could also get coverage for prescription drugs, dental, hearing, vision, and more. In many areas, plans with benefits are available with $0 copays for many services, $0 monthly premiums, or $0 deductibles. That's hospital, medical, prescription drug, dental coverage, and more included in one plan with premiums that may be as low as $0 a month. Call now to see if you're eligible to enroll. The consultation is free and there's no obligation to enroll. Call 1-800-571-8580. That's 1-800-571-8580. Welcome back into Car Radio. You're on 910 AM, the Superstation. We are joined by two good friends of the program, Lauren Fix, the car coach. You can find her uh, everywhere on the web as well as on Fox News talking uh, cars and car advice. And we're also joined by Lindsay Brooke, who is the editor for SAE Publications. And, uh, Lindsay, Lauren, how, how are you guys today? I'm great. Hi, Henry. How are you? Yeah, good to have you guys in. Uh, and uh, this, is, this is a uh, wonderful tradition we've been doing uh, on car radio since the inception of the show three years ago. Uh, we, The three of us sit down. We talk about the North American car, truck, and SUV of the year awards as it advances through the course of the year. And we're getting up against it here at the end of the year. Uh, I was just out of the Los Angeles Auto Show, and Nactoy has announced their finalists for the 2021 model year, and uh, some pretty impressive stuff on on this list. I want to get your all's uh, impressions, uh, starting with the SUV of the year. Uh, we got three. We got Ford Bronco, we got Genesis GV70, and we got Hyundai Ioniq. And before I ask you uh, your opinion of these three vehicles. Um, uh, Lauren, I want to ask you if you're surprised by the list. Are you surprised by what was left off of this finalist list, uh, for example, Jeep Grand Cherokee? 
Yeah, the Jeep Grand Cherokee and Jeep Grand Wagoneer are excellent vehicles. I was super impressed with what they put together for the price point. Uh, I knew Bronco would make it. If Bronco didn't make it, as we say, I'd eat my hat. But uh, I do like the GV70. I'm a big fan. The Ionic, I got to ride in one. I'm a World Car of the Year juror as well. And uh, we got to ride in one with one of their internals. And I was really impressed. And we'll all be driving it, I believe, in two weeks. So we'll have a good feel. But there's nothing else that says Hyundai, which I thought was an interesting approach from a marketing standpoint. But there's a lot of great cars that didn't make it. It's kind of a shame, to be honest. Yeah, there's just so much uh, good product uh, out there. Some of the other uh, vehicles that did not make the final selection there for SUV of the year, Nissan Pathfinder, really good uh, three-row vehicle, Kia Carnival uh, um, a minivan uh, that I think has the best second-row seats in, in, the, in the whole industry. I mean, it's like going into a, liver, a living room and reclining in a Barca lounger in the second row of the Kia Carnival um, uh, Lindsay, what do you think? The, uh, the the three finalists, Bronco, GV70, and, and Ionic 5, surprise you? Uh, well, Bronco certainly didn't. Uh, you know, Bronco was so anticipated. Uh, Ford did everything right in, in engineering this vehicle. Uh, it's had a little bit of a blip of a launch over the, over the hard top, but, uh, you know, they're all over the place. And, uh, yeah, you know, pretty tough to deny that one. Uh, GV70, I agree with Lauren. Uh, it's it really does the job there. Uh, you know, I was kind of surprised that the VW ID4 wasn't on the list, uh, but and and also the two Jeeps. But we, we'd have to have you know five different finalists uh, uh, chosen to, to get all the good stuff in this year. There's just so much good product. Well, and, and uh, both you guys mentioned the Bronco. I mean, just just how iconic this vehicle already is, and it's just in its first uh, model year. Um, I, I was I was out in Moab, uh, Utah, a couple of year, years ago, talking to Jim Morrison and Tom Zielinski in the prior segment, and that's a um, that is an environment that is dominated by Jeep, uh, by the Jeep Wrangler, has been for years, for decades. And it's and and it's really going to be interesting to see how Bronco comes in and challenges Jeep in that territory because the Ford Bronco, from all the reviews from folks like me, I think from you guys as well, uh, this this is a very credible vehicle uh, going up against um, uh, going up against the Jeep Wrangler. Lon, you 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 do you think that's a shoe in for SUV of the year? I do. I really think so because they they've made a lot of options. They not just offer the automatic, and then we did see a sneak peek at the larger race version of the Bronco with the 302 in it. So that tells me that they're probably going to have a Bronco Raptor, which we've already heard rumors of. So they're going to go head to head with Jeep. Uh, the one thing I do like about the Bronco over the like the old Jeep that you would take off road is it had a better ride on the road. And I think that was really important to have a comfortable ride if you're driving it every day and then maybe having some fun on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an awfully strong vehicle. Uh, uh, Lindsay, what do you think? Think the uh, think we might have a big upset here? The, I, the Ionic 5 might upset, might upset Ford Bronco for SUV of the year? Henry, I, I would not bet on that at all. I think, I think <laughs> Bronco... Uh, because of, yeah, really superior road manners versus Wrangler. I think the Jeep guys are really going to have to get their, uh, you know, kind of take another look at, at Wrangler uh, on the road uh, to, again, compete with the new Bronco. I think off-road they're probably 
pretty parity vehicles, uh, both of them, uh, which shows you how good the Bronco is off-road. But uh, on-road manners uh, really superior to Wrangler, and I think it's going to be really tough to to uh, have anything beat that in utility of the year. All right, so moving on to truck of the year. Um, uh, again, extremely competitive segment here. We've gotten used over the years uh, as NACTOY uh, jurors, the three of us, to kind of cycling through F-150, uh, Silverado, uh, Ram 1500 as the truck of the year. We got a lot of new stuff in the, in the truck segment, in part because manufacturers like uh, Hyundai and Ford are now building pickup trucks on unibodies, uh, on SUV platforms. So we got our three finalists are the Ford Maverick, which is now uh, Ford's entry-level vehicle, for goodness sake, at $20,000. You've got a Hyundai Santa Cruz, another uh, pickup truck uh, built on a SUV unibody chassis, and a startup, Rivian R1T. What do you think, uh, Lauren? Well, I, I did like the Rivian, and I did review it. Uh, I just don't think it's the mainstream vehicle that NACTOY, North American Car and Truck of the Year people usually choose. I am surprised shall we say, that the Frontier and the Tundra, maybe one of them was part of the mix. I knew that Maverick and Santa Cruz were going to be there. There wasn't a question. But between those three vehicles, what might happen, and this has happened before, is that we're all fighting between Maverick and Santa Cruz because they're very similar products. And we're thinking, oh, yeah, I like this or that, one reason or another. And slipping up the middle, Rivian could win. It's possible. Yeah, and Rivian, Rivian's gotten huge press uh, for a variety of reasons. I mean, it's, it's the first electric truck to market, which is remarkable, given that it's going up against giants like uh, the Ford Lightning and then the Chevy Silverado, even uh, the Tesla Cybertruck uh, that the Rivian resembles in a lot of ways. Rivian's the first uh, to market. So what do you think, Lindsay? You think uh, you, you agree with Lauren? Rivian might uh, sneak out a win here? Well, you know, we've got 50 jurors, and there are some folks that are really kind of lean towards uh, electric vehicles. Uh, and it could be a spoiler. Uh, you know, when you look at Maverick, you look at just numbers that are just outstanding. You know, 42 MPG EPA, but it's real easy to get 50 miles per gallon uh, around town in a, in a Ford Maverick. Uh, so there's a hybrid version, which is standard in Maverick, which is a first for the segment. Uh, you know, very low load height, like you said, $20,000 entry point. Uh, you know, they've already conquested a lot of youthful buyers and, and gotten them into this vehicle. Uh, Santa Cruz, very refined, but lacks a hybrid option. So that was kind of like a few points less with me than, than Maverick. And Rivian could be the spoiler. I mean, I really enjoyed a very short drive, about an hour, in a Rivian R1T. I uh, wish I had some more time in it. And, of course, you know, the starting price, I mean, it's a $70,000-plus vehicle versus a 20 dollars vehicle. And I think the Santa Cruz splits it at about fully loaded is, you know, it's in upper, upper 30s, low 40s. Uh, so Rivian could be a spoiler among our colleagues on the jury who really kind of favor electric vehicles. I, I kind of hope that's not the case because I think Ford is really going to expand this market with uh, getting into smaller unibody trucks. GM's got to come with something at some point, uh, and it's, it's, I think it's a real game changer. Yeah, it is, uh, it is remarkable, Lauren, when you look at this uh, vehicle. Ford has t completely gotten out of sedans. 
You know, it used to be if you wanted to pay $20,000 for a Ford, you had to get a, you, you know, you'd be looking at a Focus or a, a loaded Fiesta. Their entry-level right. vehicle now is a Ford Maverick. I mean, that, that Ford Maverick pickup truck is remarkable. I know it's funny because I remember the Mavericks from the 70s. You know, they were like a, on a Mustang 2 chassis. But that was, that was a long time ago. Uh, but, you know, I don't want to put any negativity on the Hyundai Santa Cruz. I think it's, you get a lot of value. Um, lots of safety is standard, which, you know, you have to buy up on a lot of different brands. But it, the Santa Cruz is the same thing as a Tucson with a bed. So I think that's pretty cool. Well, let's, uh, can I hold on to you guys? Uh... On the other side of the ad break, we're going to uh, hear from a couple ads, and then we're going to, I want to talk with you guys about Car of the Year on the other side of the break. You're okay. on Car Radio, 9, 10 a.m. Visit Central Park Deli today and receive 10% off any purchase when ordering from our mobile app and enter promo code 910AM. Our new menu items include gluten-free wraps, spinach wraps, fried spicy buffalo cauliflower, and sweet potato maple cheesecake. Don't forget about our always delicious Sidegensburg corned beef, our fresh hand-patty charbroiled 100% premium beef burgers, and our homemade teriyaki stir-fries. Central Park Deli has curbside service available and DoorDash delivery. Come visit us today. Listen up, America. Are you or a loved one suffering with an addiction to alcohol, opiates, prescription painkillers, or other drugs? There is hope. Medication-assisted treatment is proven most effective for opiate addiction recovery. Utilizing medications such as methadone, suboxone, and subutex, combined with inpatient treatment, you can achieve lasting recovery. Most insurance is accepted, so call us now. Please call 800-625-5860. So, you've decided to go to college. That's cool. So, pop quiz. Which is a better way to earn your degree? Commute to college and fill your gas tank, get stuck in traffic, drive in bad weather, try to find a parking space, walk a half mile to class, or learn online at Independence University. You don't go to college. College goes to you. That's Independence. That's Independence University. And all your supplies, including a brand new laptop and tablet, are included with tuition. Independence U for an independent you. Call 1-800-556-7791. Do you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS? If so, you may qualify for the IRS's Fresh Start Program. The Fresh Start Program is one of the biggest tax breaks the IRS has offered. Call Tax Group Center at 800-685-6150 to see if you qualify for the IRS's Fresh Start Program. Their team of tax experts and attorneys will get you the best tax settlement possible. Call 800-685-6150 now to learn if you qualify for the IRS's Fresh Start Program. Call Tax Group Center at 800-685-6150. 800-685-6150. Are you drowning in debt? Struggling just to make minimum payments? It's not your fault. Serious debt can happen to anyone, but there is hope. Our debt-free program has helped thousands of good people, just like you, eliminate their credit card debt. Call us today, and we will dramatically reduce your credit card debt down to just a fraction of what you owe. The call is free. The consultation is free. Take control of your credit debt. Take control of your life again. Call now to see how our debt-free program can work for you. Call 800-872-5230. 
Who else but 9, 10 a.m. can give you this much excitement? I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News. You are on car radio. Full swing here on Saturday. Well, I just have a stream coming through here talking about cool cars, classic cars, hot rods, muscle cars. We've got a great lineup for you today. Best car radio show in all of Michigan. Catch it all right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation. All right, welcome back into Car Radio here. You're on 910 AM. Superstation, I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News, and I'm joined by Lauren Fix, the car coach, and Lindsay Brooke, editor of SAE Publications, uh, two of my fellow jurors on the NACTOY Awards. And, uh, uh, guys, before we get to the car of the year, our last segment, uh, I, I want to give a shout-out here to Lauren because uh, the North America Car Truck and, uh, and SUV of the Year Awards have really uh, gained a profile uh, in this industry, I think largely thanks to the efforts of Lauren, who was a president, a recent president of the organization, uh, and did things like uh, bring NACTOY to the L.A. Auto Show, uh, where it's now become a staple. The L.A. Show uh, this week led off with an announcement uh, uh, by NACTOY of their three finalists. And, uh, Lauren, I think um, I think uh, the award really owes a lot of credit to you for uh, raising the profile of the award, um, uh, what, what was your, you know, just kind of reflect on that. What, what was your, uh, how, how did you look at MacToy strategically when you took it over as president? Well, first off, thank you very much. It was very kind of you to say so. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a brand builder. Part of what I am is an entrepreneur. And as soon as I saw the opportunity to be president, I said, you know what, we need to elevate this brand to show people when you're looking at buying a car, there's lots of outlets to go to, but you almost want something where, you know, like a conglomeration of the best of the best journalists in North America and what their opinions are and utilizing that. And we have great outlets. And getting the jurors to promote it was also a big part of it. We changed the award. We got it even in Times Square. But when I was up on the big billboard, um, that was part of what we did is to let people know. So they would go, what is that? And start getting attention to it. We brought it to Fox News. We brought it to CNN. Uh, we put a national spin on it. And because I have the access, I was able to, to share that with the brand to help build it. And what it's done is it made us one of the top three awards to earn. So there's Car and Driver, Motor Trend, and a Noctoy Award. So, and it actually equals sales. So I, I interviewed all the different executives and said, what, what is the, what's the key to this award? And they said, oh, we all want this award. They were very hungry to win this award because they knew it equaled sales, and that made them heroes with their bosses. Yeah, Lindsay, um, uh, as soon as these finalists were announced out there in L.A., uh, there was instant buzz uh, across uh, social media from the manufacturers. Uh, this, this, this award really does mean a lot to these uh to these companies and to the consumers who buy them? Well, I think so, and we're in a really interesting time where, where um, the vehicles themselves are shifting in a dramatic way from 
Uh, and it could take a long time, but we're, we're really seeing it now with these finalists and the other vehicles that we reviewed, shifting from combustion engine power to combustion with hybrid power to electrification, uh, full, full battery electrics. And I think this, you know, class of 2022, if you want to call it that, really kind of reflects this big change. And it's very important that the consumer kind of understand what it means to them buying these vehicles. And I think North American Car Truck and Utility of the Year can help with that. Well, and, and, and you look at this final category we're going to talk about, Car of the Year, and you, you see this incredible diversity of product here. I, I, I like choice. I, I like gas, diesel, electric. They all have their benefits depending on what class you're in. And, and when I talk to consumers, you know, they, they want that kind of choice. So I think one of the, the, the cool things about the car of the year category is it shows how much breadth there is in the industry right now from startup manufacturers as well as from established manufacturers. The final the final three for car of the year are the are the Honda Civic, the Lucid Air, and the VW Golf GTI and Golf R. Think of that. This is this these three vehicles, two of them from established manufacturers, one of them from a startup, beat out uh, uh, vehicles, very good vehicles from Cadillac and Mercedes. Lauren, think of that. The Lucid Air beat out the Mercedes S Class for the uh, finalist, one of the finalists in Car of the Year this year. That's mind blowing. Although Lucid Air is a beautiful vehicle with a history uh, in building electric cars. But one thing I did notice the stock value went up with Lucid once it was announced. So when Gary announced that it was one of the finalists, I immediately got on my phone and I noticed that both Rivian and Lucid stock went up. Now, is that uh, is that really that we're helping that much? It's possible, but if they win, I bet you anything you're going to watch your stock numbers go up because these are all public companies. Uh, the Lucid Air is a $100,000 car, though. That's the one thing that's a little pricey, which may be why that Hummer EV didn't make it to the um, for the truck of the year. But... If I had to guess today, although all three vehicles are excellent, I'm going to put my money on the Honda Civic because it is, you know, this, the mainstay. It's the bread and butter of the industry. They sell millions of these things. It's, it's unbelievable. But the Civic is a popular vehicle. The Golf is great, and but and so is the Lucid. But I just think it's going to be hard to beat the Civic. Yeah, Lindsay. Uh, uh, to Lauren's point, the, the, this is a jury of, of fifty. Uh, writers and and, uh, and and journalists, and at the end of the day, uh, you know they're they're looking at vehicles that a lot of people are going to get into. So that would that would seem to point to the Civic or the uh, Golf uh, GTI as the front runners in this category. What do you think? Well, I think so, and both of those vehicles really show at this this high point, this nadir of uh, of. Uh, combustion engine vehicles, traditional power, with the Civic and the GTI just being just stellar vehicles and, you know, high-value vehicles as well, and, and vehicles that are much more likely to be purchased by kind of everyday people than the Lucid Air. You know, the Lucid Air is a first shot from a startup company. They're coming in like many startups have at, you know, super high value. They're going after very wealthy clientele with this. They've done everything right. Uh, the chief engineer and now CEO of the company 
Peter Rawlinson uh, came from Lotus and then spent time at Tesla. He knows lightweight structures. He knows he knows luxury. He knows uh, electric propulsion. And and they've really synthesized it all into a vehicle that I haven't driven, but uh, everyone says is just really creamy smooth at the light. But it's a it's a luxury vehicle. It's a really high end luxury vehicle, whereas the the Golf GTI and the Civic are really kind of everybody's vehicle, and they are so good and they're they're pretty efficient vehicles. You're not losing anything in terms of fuel efficiency buying them. They're just not electric. And I I, I don't know if, if again betting on this, I bet that the Civic is going to prevail in this category. You know, Warren, um, I don't know if you remember this, but you and I met, e- met each other in a VW Golf R in San Diego, and we just had a <laughs> we just had a had a blast with that car. Uh, the, the VW Golf, interestingly enough, uh, the base Golf is gone from this market. So if you like VW hatchback uh, Golfs, these are your choices: the R and the and the GTI. I've, I've really got a soft spot. Uh, for these two vehicles, they, they define performance in the uh, the compact in the compact class. Uh, we have we're, we're just seeing the uh, enthusiast versions of the Civic coming out. The SI, uh, we won't get the Type R until later. Do you think maybe the Golf GTI and R might pull an upset here, just just because of their performance value relative to the standard Civic? Uh, they, it might. I do love the Golf R. That's like my favorite because you can just beat it up. But I always have a rule that once you drive a German car and you own a German car, it's really hard to have something else. Um, so I mean, if you're if you're, it depends on the journal. See, the problem is we have 50 jurors and they're from Canada and the U.S. and they tend to look at different things, not just the value and the fuel economy, but its longevity and 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 how it sells in the marketplace. So there's a lot of factors, and because each juror has their own scale, I, I think uh, it's going to be tough. I think Civic's got it in the bag. I mean, and of course, there's the SI and the Type R. The Golf is a great car, and you can get it in a manual, which I think we can get the Civic in a manual too. Um, but I, I just think that uh, it, it's it's a tough call. I'm, I'm not. I haven't made any of my decisions yet because I. We all know every manufacturer is going to make us drive every vehicle again uh, before we make our final decision. But the Golf's a great car, and if you bought it, you wouldn't be disappointed. But I think the Civic's got it in the bag. Okay. All right. So, so just to wrap up here. So, Lauren, you're saying Civic for Car of the Year. Uh, Lindsay, your Car of the Year is. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Civic, Henry. You're going Civic, okay. Uh, SUV, SUV of the year, um, I'm, I'm saying um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm saying uh, Bronco. Lauren, you think the, the Genesis GV70 might pull a big upset here? I love the Genesis. I think when I left my driveway, I was disappointed because every once in a while we get cars that we really enjoy, but I think it's really going to be hard to beat the Bronco. And uh, Lindsay, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think no no upset in utility of the year slam dunk dunk for Bronco. <laughs> okay, I got uh, three Broncos there, and uh, uh, truck of the year. Uh, this I think this is going to be this is going to be the interesting one. Ford Maverick, right. Hyundai Santa Cruz, Rivian. What do you what do you say, Lauren? That's a, I you know that's tough. I, I did like the Rivian. I thought it was fun, but there's no dealer network, so if you buy it. 
like a Tesla, there are some frustrations to the consumer. So I, you know, I'm torn between Maverick and Santa Cruz. So you're going for? Oh, I'm going to put the Maverick. <laughs> okay. What do you think, Lindsay? Yeah, Ma- Maverick, uh, ditto on uh, Rivian situation, but that that will certainly change as they grow. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm betting Maverick too. So we got three for Maverick. All right, that's good stuff, guys. Uh, we'll we'll revisit this uh, next year when we when we get the winners. Cool. Great to have you guys on the program, uh, Lauren Fix, the car coach, Lindsey Brook, editor of SAE Publications. Uh, you can find them on the internet. Uh, they know their stuff. We're going to take a break here. Hear from our advertisers, and on the other side, we'll be joined by Ryan Eversley race car driver for Honda. The night was young and the moon was Attention! In July 2018, Bayer announced that it will be halting its sales of Assure. The Assure birth control may break or migrate after insertion, puncturing the fallopian tube, resulting in corrective surgery to remove the device. Thousands of women have reported debilitating health problems to the FDA. In April 2018, the FDA restricted sales of Assure to protect women and required that patients receive risk information. Please call 800-425-9539. Hi, I'm Hunter Ellis, and this is Atomic Beam USA. Another bright idea from Bulbhead, the ultra-bright, tough-grade flashlight that features tactical technology used by U.S. Special Forces. This flashlight has a feeble 125 lux output. The Atomic Beam USA has up to 5,000 lux. That's 40 times more. We're going to drop it hundreds of feet from this helicopter. It hits the tarmac, and it's still working. That's what I call a tough flashlight. Heavy downpours, mud puddles, even extreme temperatures are no match. You could spend over $100, or the Atomic Beam USA can be yours for just $19.99 with free lifetime guarantee. Order now, you can double it and get a second Atomic Beam USA. Just pay a separate fee, and we'll even ship them to you for free. Atomic Beam USA is just $19.99. Order now. Call 1-800-638-2619 to get your Atomic Beam USA. Call now or go to Atomic Beam. So call 1-800-638-2619. Deluxe version available. Order now. 910 AM Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 200 spots for $500 with a must-air-within-30-day policy. That is only $2.50 per spot, and we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. Call Ronisha Williams now at 248-357-4566. 248-357-4566. We all love fried food, but the problem is all that excess oil and fat can cause you to become overweight. Well, now there's the Cook Light Aero Fryer, an amazing kitchen miracle that uses air to fry instead of oil, so you can have the same delicious flavor and crispiness of deep frying using little or no oil. Get that deep-fried taste and crispiness with up to 70% fewer calories. Enjoy crispy, delicious fries with little or no oil, guilt-free onion rings, cheesy and delicious mozzarella sticks. Call now and bring the Cook Light Aero Fryer into your home, including the Cook Light Aero Fryer recipe book, the unique patented dual tray, air frying mesh basket and tongs, and stainless steel extender ring. You'll get it all for five easy payments of $29.95. Be one of the first 500 cars and get this 13-piece knife set a $175 value yours free. Try Cook Light Aero Fryer for 30 days. If you don't love it, send it back, but keep the 13-piece knife set as our gift to you. We're in the next 10 minutes and we'll include free shipping. Call now or go online to air2fry.com. That's air2fry.com. 
Hi, welcome back into 910 AM Car Radio. And we are joined on the line now by Ryan Eversley, who is a race car driver for Honda. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing great, Henry. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, good to have you on the program. Uh, I'm back in Detroit. Ryan, I think, is back in Atlanta. But we were both just out in Los Angeles driving the uh, new Honda Civic SI, and we can't tell you about it because the embargo <laughs> the embargo doesn't come off until November 30th. But uh, but I can tell you it's an amazing car, uh, and uh, and I suspect that uh, uh, Ryan would agree. But but Ryan, we can't say any more than, than that, can we? Yeah, you know the funny thing about embargoes because I, I although I do some journalist stuff sometimes, I don't like I'm a race car driver, and when Honda asks me to come to these things, I don't realize that there are rules like this because no one, no one tells me. <laughs> so uh, I, did, I did a launch earlier this year, I think, with the new Type S CLX, and I was just blabbering about it all over Twitter. You know, like, oh, it seems so great. It's so good. And one of the journalists pointed it out to me that was there. They're like, you know, you're not supposed to, supposed to post this stuff yet, and I had no idea. So uh, it's kind of a different world for me, but it's still fun. <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing. But you're, you're a brand representative, so I, I think you can say anything you want. I think the embargo only applies uh, uh, to us uh, journalists. But um, but but I, I would like to get you on the program uh, later on and talk more about about the SI, in particular the race version, which uh, you, you'll get out on the track um, in the in the TCA uh, class next year. So I, yeah, I'd love to get you on and talk more about SI, but we're going, we're going to be good boys here. We're, we're going to stick to our embargo. So I, so instead, uh, let me talk to you about uh, uh, driving NASCAR Mustangs. Uh, there's no embargo on that. Um, and it's a, it's a great story, actually. Uh, Ryan uh, is, is one of the premier uh, drivers in the, uh, in the TCR series. He races a Honda Civic Type R. And I believe Ryan, you you won your race at Watkins Glen in July, and then immediately jumped on a plane and went to Elkhart Lake to race in your first NASCAR race. Is that correct? Yeah, we uh, we had a doubleheader at Watkins Glen for the IMSA series. Traditionally, we would go Watkins Glen and then up to Mossport, just north of Toronto. But with uh, COVID. Restrictions. They haven't been able to go to Canada in two years, so they did a back-to-back IMSA at Watkins Glen deal, and we won the first race and we finished second in the in the race the next week. And I literally, I'm not exaggerating this whatsoever. I had one of my crew members ready to go with my luggage and on a golf cart, and I told them before the race started, and we just won the week before, so I knew we were going to be pretty strong if everything went normal. I said, hey, if we get on the podium, I can't go because there's a car waiting for me at the front gate to take me to the airport, and if I don't make this flight, I won't make it to Milwaukee from New York tonight unless I drive, like a rental car. And if I don't make first practice tomorrow because I'm a rookie in the NASCAR series, if I don't do, I think, three laps of practice, I can't do the race. So I have to make this flight. And uh, so there's pictures of me getting out of the car. We just finished second. My teammate won, so it was a great result. And my face is, like, freaking out inside my helmet because I can't see the golf cart. I'm literally going, where's the golf cart? Because I had to go, and I think I made the flight with like 10 minutes to spare the cutoff. So it was it was pretty close. <laughs> and so so you go to Elkhart Lake, uh, one of the great tracks, and this is a track that had not seen a NASCAR race in 65 years. So 
this is your first NASCAR race, uh, and it's also NASCAR's first event at Elkhart Lake in uh, in decades. I mean, it must it, it, you must have just had goosebumps the whole weekend. Yeah, I mean, it could have been a parking lot, you know, with, with autocross cones set up to, to get to race in the Cup Series. I, I never intended or expected anything like that in my career. I, I, I feel like so great. Every day that I get to race cars, period, for a living, I, I think like any minute now they're going to figure it out and kick me out of here. I shouldn't be here. So to be able to do that at the Cup Series level was incredible, but also Road America being one of the most beautiful racetracks we go to, some of the greatest fans that are passionate and educated on the sport. Uh, it was literally a dream come true to race there in that club. Now NASCAR's got a little more power than your uh, than your than your Civic Type R, I think. Yeah, I think about three times three times the amount. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, and, and it's a four-speed gearbox, and our cars are all paddle shift now. The only time you use the clutch is to get it out of the out of out of pit lane. Um, so going back to driving an actual gearbox is real. Like I loved it. I think we should have more of that. You know, the, the NASCAR is going more to road courses now, which I, I being a great road course racer myself, I, I love that. But I would think that's going to give guys like you more opportunity also. I mean, the, the series uh, needs, uh, needs guys that can come in and score points on road courses. It's a very different discipline than ovals. Uh, you think uh, you might be getting some more rides? You know, that was kind of part of the reason I got to do this this first opportunity. I mean, a big part of it was Rick Ware, who's, you know, just a really tremendous guy. He recognized that I had a really supportive fan base in sports car racing and wanted to give a kid an opportunity. If you look, he gave several people uh, their, their debuts in NASCAR this year, which is really, really cool. Myself, Joey Hand, who's a, uh, you know, championship sports car driver as well. He, he got to go do it. Um, but uh, it, it will help more opportunities for, for people like me having more road courses, but also this new next-gen chassis is a lot more similar to a GT3-style car that we race in road course racing and sports car racing. Um, so that might also help, you know, get more opportunities. But um, you got to remember it's all about the budget and who can pay for it, and those top teams are really good and they hire the best guys possible. So, you know, if people like myself can sneak into those, you know, those cars in the back half of the grid, I think it's good for uh, for broadening the fans' perspective on who races these things. Yeah, no, it's, uh, that's exciting stuff. Well, I, I, I also uh, want, want uh, re- uh, listeners to know that, that you're a triple threat. I mean, you're, you're a, not only a, uh, an IMSA driver or a NASCAR driver, you're also a, a very good journalist. And you've got a, a series out uh, called uh, uh, Dinner with Racers, uh, it's a podcast. It's also um, it's also a TV show, and uh, and you do it with your partner Seth Heckman. Uh, I really recommend it to folks. It's fantastic. And and you've had um, I think you've got another season in the bag. You've been doing it for Amazon. Is that correct? Yeah. So Dinner with Racers started as a podcast seven years ago. We do a road trip around the country where we sit down and have meals with people in motorsports, not just drivers. You know, journalists. Uh, crew members, on-air personalities, you name it. And uh, we started about seven years ago. It went really well, bigger than we ever expected. And then uh, uh, we were able to get some more sponsorship from our partners at Continental Tire to do uh, a, a streaming version of it. And so we, for the last couple of years, have been on Amazon Prime. Amazon recently changed some of the things that, that they do and how they do it, and it didn't line up with what we were trying to accomplish. So 
we're currently offline, but we are very far along with uh, with negotiations to become uh, back on the air with a, with another streaming service. So that that's exciting. But we do have a third season already filmed, and we own all of our previous you know years of, of content. So uh, looking forward to being able to put that back up for the fans. And then uh, this coming week, we'll have a handful of podcasts uh, launching around Thanksgiving as well. So a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, it's it's really good stuff. Uh, I'm I'm currently watching the episode about uh, Virginia International Raceway, which I recommend to folks. I've spent a lot of time down there, and and uh, Ryan uh, goes through the history of the place uh, and talks to drivers. It's a fabulous episode. Uh, Ryan, thanks for joining us, join us, and uh, we'll get you on again soon. Yeah, Henry, it's a real pleasure getting to meet you out in California this week, and I look forward to talking with you again. Yeah, have a great weekend. All right, 